Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Allstate, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, and NFL vet. Who's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, Hale Varsity continues. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, the Blackshirt Hour rolls forward. Jay Moore with us, Blackshirt Husker NFLer, co-host, Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay Bird, two weeks, man. Countdown is on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to expect you next Monday to be sleeveless and, and maybe some eye black. Yeah, you know, next Monday, uh, so I turned 40 on Wednesday. So it's things are things are moving fast for uh, this guy right now. That's a hint for keg to be delivered. <laughs> Would it, wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> uh, it'd get it'd get access. I know that. Uh, funny story about eye black though. I think I wore it one time. It was 2004. We're playing at Pitt, Callahan's first year. We won against Joe Flacco and the Pittsburgh Panthers, but uh, I did not play particularly well. So I. Have not. I never wore eye black again ever since then. So I'm just there's some superstitions that you know I like to uh, adhere by. In your defense, wasn't Pittsburgh getting flooded that day? It was. It was nuts. When we got to the airport, we flew into Pittsburgh that morning, and we were driving that from the airport. The airport in Pittsburgh's outside, way outside city limits, and we were th- driving you know charter buses through floods, and like there were cars literally floating and like hitting into the medians. It was nuts. The field was a mess too, but uh, yeah, that was. I forgot about that. I forgot about the floods. It was not. Uh, it was not a very good situation. Did you guys have to jump from bus to boat and then motor in? We did not. Okay. Charter. We were able to get through on those charter buses. It was a little area that, like, once you got downtown, it was fine. But it's more like outside city limits. I think that took it the worst. Uh, the the wonderful home and home versus pit, right? Yeah, I think I think less than like forty points were scored in both games. I think you're right. Take the unders, Elijah. Uh, seven to six, <laughs> thriller. Uh, Callahan post game in Lincoln a year later, oh five. Mm-hmm. He's doing the post game. I think ABC and I think your boy Potter blacked uh, a would be game winning field goal for well, Pitt twice. Twice. They, they right. tried, well, they tried kicking the game. They tried kicking the game winner on third down snapped it over the holder's head they got it back so they kicked it again they got another chance and then i think potter and ickes might have blocked it <laughs> so callahan's got the uh, the post game i don't know if it was jack or rude but let's talk about the offense and billy sees let's not <laughs> <laughs> well that leads us into nebraska and the news over the weekend on on xavier betts your reaction yeah a little um Obviously, you don't want to hear of a, a kid leaving at this time. And it's that was already a, a fairly thin wide receiver room. Or I shouldn't say thin. It's I would say it's more of a, you know, they don't they have they don't have a lot of depth and, uh, and they don't have a lot of experience. That's the word I'm looking for. That they, 
you know, Billy Kemp obviously has played a ton of football. Marcus Washington played has played some football. But you're going to have to rely on some younger players now in that room, which is okay. Because I think that's one position you can play young guys at and be okay at. Now, if this was an offensive lineman or defensive lineman that left that you're relying on, I'd be, I'd be much more concerned. But, again, you want – this this game is one up front. It's not won by having a great receiving core. You just need a guy. You just have serviceable guys, guys you can rely on, guys you can trust, guys who have good camaraderie with the quarterback and good timing and a good relationship with. But you know, he was his situation was interesting. You know, he was here, he left, and then he leaves again. But he was going to play. And Xavier was, they they had they, sang a lot of high hopes for him uh, after spring ball and headed into fall camp and through fall camp. You know, one of the fastest guys in the team. And he's played, and he played very, very well at a high level just a couple of years ago under Frost's offense. But must have some other things going on, you know, mentally, and and that's okay, you know, as long as he knows, and this is what he wants to do, then then go be happy and do what you, you know you're happy doing. But I'm not I'm not overly concerned though, because it's like I said, it's a wide receiver position. You can you can fill in there, and I I just don't foresee this take you know being a huge hit to this to this football team early on in the season, early on in year one for Matt Rule. Jay Moore's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Jay, the quote from Matt Rule following Saturday's practice was the fact that, that Xavier Betts said his heart wasn't in it. And football's not a sport that, that I think you can compete at at a high level. You'll never be able to reach your potential if your heart isn't in it. And your guy who's been there and done that, is that an accurate assessment of the situation that if Xavier's heart wasn't in it, he was never going to live up to that, that potential that I think a lot of Husker fans saw? Oh, 100%. Uh, this isn't high school. You can't kind of jog your way through it, man. It's a full sprint. And you got to be 100% committed because the amount of time and effort that, that goes into it is unlike anything else. What the, what they demand out of you from the football side of things, whether that's the training, uh, the taking care of your body, the practice schedule, the meeting times, and then plus you're trying to be a student on top of that as well. So you don't have – during the season, it's it's twelve hour days for you know four months straight. Not as not as you know rig, um, as tough during during the uh, winter semesters and during spring, but you got you have to be fully committed during the season because you don't you don't have a time to catch your breath or blink. You just got to be ready to go. You kind of put the blinders on and you just get yourself in a routine and it's go time. And if your heart is not in it, it's hard to get yourself to get up at five thirty a.m. to get a lift in. Uh, on a Wednesday morning, it's hard to get up and go to go to meetings and get a workout in after a game. You know, we had a we we our meetings and we lifted and ran after games on Sundays when you're tired and sore and uh, you have to want it. And if you're not into it, you know, with with all your heart and and uh, and mentally, you can't compete. You can't compete at this level. It's hard to compete. I'd, I'd imagine at any sport in the collegiate level if your heart's not in it. And if it's not, I'm glad. I'm glad he realize that at this sometimes you can kind of I don't know if to say it's peer pressure but you, it's hard to swallow your pride and admit that you're just not in, in it and he did and I, I commend him for that because it's not an easy situation but you have to be 100% committed to be a division one big 10 student athlete I don't care in what sport it's 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 a grind and it's a it's a long arduous process so your head's your head mind's not in it you know there's no chance Jay just touch on the ratio of football practice meetings to games i mean it's an upside down number isn't it all the time put in for 12 saturdays in the fall 
Yeah, 12, you know, 12 games versus uh, 48 practices during the season. And how many, 30 some for training camp. So you're looking at 70, you're looking at 80 plus practices, just practices to play 12 games. And then you make a conference championship game, tacked on another four or five, you make a bowl game. I think you get 15 practices for bowl games or 12 or whatever the number is. I don't know. We haven't been to a bowl game so long. I don't even know what they, what they're, what that uh, amount of practices they get, but it's, it's 10 plus. So yeah, it's, it's hard. It's in the practices, but they're supposed to be hard. The mm-hmm. practices are need to be hard. So the games become easy. And that's because Saturdays and, and Thursday nights and college football, that's what, what, that's what matters. And that's what puts people's, you know, that's what, what puts butts in seats and, and money into the, into the bank to, pay these coaches to come in here and get this thing back to where it needs to go. So it's, it's, I think that's every sport, you know, you look at baseball, maybe not, you know, basketball, maybe not uh, as, as many it's, but football, it's, it's, it's just rare. Yeah. Like I said, 12 games, you're probably 80, 80 practices to get ready for these 12 games throughout, uh, throughout a six month process. It's Jay Moore with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Jay, whenever we're just talking about the amount of work and effort that goes into one Husker football season, you mentioned before uh, when you were talking about Xavier Betts and his departure that it really doesn't come down to him, the success of the team this year. It's going to fall down to that offensive line. And based on what we're hearing out of fall camp and what we've heard through this offseason, how much in terms of of strides do you think an offensive line can make throughout an offseason? They they were clearly the weak part of the team last year, and I know some scheme can help that, and another 12 months of development can help that, but how much can realistically be done in one single offseason to improve an offensive line when it's, I mean, four out of the five guys are are still going to be the same? A lot can be done. I think what's going to help this team going forward, and I think what's hurt them in years past was, I think there was a lot of tinkering going on with offense. I think Scott, being a very smart, offensive-minded football coach, led him to always tinker styles, play calls, game plans, the process throughout the week because he was this is the way his mind worked, and that's just kind of how it went down. And I think that hindered the offensive line because you didn't know you couldn't really fully develop and commit to something. You're always kind of tweaking things. Everything was just – it was just hard to build camaraderie within the, within the offensive line, uh, timing, timing with the running backs, timing with the quarterbacks. The things I think were always were, – were always tweaked. I think you saw a little bit more success, you know, once Scott was unfortunately had to be fired after the Georgia Southern game because I think they committed to more, you know, certain things once, once Casey was healthy. Obviously, when he wasn't in those, those couple games where he's banged up, wasn't much you're going to do just because the, the the QB play wasn't need, wasn't uh, where it needed to be and the defenses didn't have to respect anything. But going forward, I think if they can say this is who well, who we are, this is what we're going to be, and this is who, what it's going to be week in and week out, and we're going to work on these drills, this, th- these certain things, we're going to use these certain phrases week in, week out, day in, day out, and you're, we're going to commit to this, and that's how you get better. You don't you can't get better always constantly trying to find something else, tweak something else, tinker with this. You have to, you kind of got to just commit. And I think that's what they're going to, what we're going to get. So I think they can get better. I mean, having the addition of Ben Scott's going to be a huge help. You know, I, Teddy, if Teddy Pross can stay healthy, that's, that's going to be big, but Turner Cochran and Ethan Piper, you know, those guys, they played a lot of good football. We've heard they, the coaches have saying the praises of Ethan Piper so far. So I love to hear that. Like, this is this offense is going to go as this offensive line goes, and this defense is going to go as the defensive line goes. That's that's just what it is, and how it's going to be. 
uh, until the end of time with with the game of football. So I think they I think they can make decent strides here uh, early on and throughout the season. I think it, there might be some rough goes. It just that's going to happen. New staffs early on, but I think they can. I firmly believe that they can become a better football team and a better offensive line once you start getting into week two, three, and four because they're not going to have that constant tinkering and, and the change of plans and the change of terminology and the game plans. You know, you kind of go rogue on the game plans, you know, after the first quarter or after the second half. So I'm excited to see them commit to a process finally. Jay Moore is with us. Hail Varsity Radio at Moore 44 We'll have more with the Blackshirt Husker NFLer and co-host of Big Red Wrap-Up. Uh, more with Jay coming up in the Blackshirt Hour. A reminder about your friends with the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances if you drink? Don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety office. Coach McBride kicked off this second hour. And uh, more with Jay Moore. And don't forget, podcast there for you. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play to get caught up on each and every show, some segments you want, the entire show, and then the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Jay Moore continues after this on Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore is with his black shirt Husker NFLer, co-host Big Red Ramp-Up. Find him on Twitter at jmore 44 Jay, the first scrimmage was a day for the defense. Uh, some turnovers forced and Sounds like they won the day. The offense will want to come back this Saturday and respond. And you've been a part of it. You've also covered it. So not out of the ordinary for the defense to be ahead. Does that cause panic for you at all with the offense? Or is it kind of what you were just touching on, that this is an offense that you foresee getting better as the year goes on? That being said, is the defense going to have to be almost bulletproof here the first month of the year? You know, I don't think so. This is this is pretty normal this this time of camp. The defense, I don't care where you're at with a, with the new coaching staff. It doesn't matter if they've been here for one year or ten years. The defense always has more success early on in camp. Always has, always will be. Just because it's easier to uh, to get the timing in the with everything in practice with the defense. There's just so many other moving parts with with an offense. You know, you got the offensive line. You got the the QB. Uh, you know, center exchange, you, you got to build on, you You know, the timing with running backs, the timing with the court, their wide receivers, the timing with the tight ends. There's just, there's just so many more variables in the offense where defense is like you, you feed off each other so much more easily and you're able to just kind of gain some more ground. But I guarantee you the offense will be a lot better at this next scrimmage that they're going to have. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the offense kicks her butt just because that's how it happens. You So this happens every every practice, whatever. If the defense has success, that offense gets their, tit, their butts chewed out in meetings, and they come out, and they get better, and they perform better. And that's just the process. That's how it's always been in every level of football I've been a part of. The defense always wins early on in training camp or in spring ball, and the offense eventually catches up. And you got a, you got a pretty good competition going on. So not surprised, not concerned at all. Uh, I, honestly, just with the 3-3-5 and the, the kind of the just – it's such a different schematic, you know, such a different scheme than, than any of these guys have played in. I'm at peace more knowing that this isn't overwhelming for them, that they're able, they're having some success with it. 
So that's that was good for me to hear as well. So I'm not concerned. You know, they're gonna the offense is gonna get better, uh, and then the defense is gonna get their, you know, their their butts kicked. They're gonna get their butts chewed in meetings, and then boom, they're then they'll be back at it, and they're gonna get better too. So it's just kind of how it works uh, in the game of football. You just kind of go back and forth throughout the year. Jay, when you talk about those those brutal meetings where the entire side of the ball gets their their butts chewed, do you have any distinctive memories uh, looking back at some times that uh, that you were in a meeting and you wish you weren't there based on what you were seeing in film? Yeah, unfortunately, it's been too many games. You know, we've had we've had to watch some uh, tape review as a whole team before after some losses. Now that's very unusual, and when that happens, that's very uncomfortable because you have the head guy up front and the head guy at the time being Bill Callahan calling you out in front of the whole team. So that's that's always rough. You know, there's some practices that that they get you, and it's a practice, you know, and you you learn, you get better from it. But the games are the games are the tough ones, and you have this, those situations like that where you're sitting in front of you know everybody, and it's he's calling you out, and you hear him ripping everyone, and it's a, it's a bad feeling to be in, but it works, you know, because you don't ever want to be in that situation again, and. You get better from it. And I think it only happened once, and I was there, I believe, when we lost at Kansas my junior year. That's when it happened. We came in that Sunday. We watched the whole game tape, as, or at least the first half, I believe, as a, as a team. So and I know that happened uh, 07 USC. I was gone, but I know they watched the game film after USC ran through them in 2007 at, when they came here in Lincoln. I know they watched the whole game film as a team, just touching base with all the guys back here to see what the hell went wrong in that game. Uh, but, yeah, you – it happens, man. You're always gonna, football's football and any you're playing this level, you're gonna get your butt chewed, and that's that's okay because that means they care and they want you to be better. Who uh, took the brunt of the Billy C. Venom? Was there one guy that got yelled at more than than another? Oh, geez, there, there's some things that he had said that during practice and meetings that I can't repeat on this radio show unless it was a podcast. Sure. Uh, he, you know, he. Callahan worked the offensive line a lot. He was a really good offensive line coach. And me being a defensive lineman, I mean, we spent a majority of our time in practice going against the ones and twos offensive line. And the things he would say to some guys, it didn't matter who it was. I mean, he would just let you have it. And he let, he let us have it, too, just if we weren't up to, you know, performing up to where he thought we needed to be. But he definitely, he 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 gave it to the offensive line just because that's, that, that's what he knew. And that, that's, he was a good motivator that way, and some guys responded very, very well to it, and then some guys didn't, and they ended up playing. So, but he, you know, our offensive lines were pretty dang good when Bill was here with, you know, Slauson and Carl Nix and Lyden Murtha, Chris Patrick, and he got, he got, he got some, uh, some guys to perform pretty, pretty well or fairly well uh, during his time here. Jay Moore is with us. Jay, uh, black shirts will be handed out at some point, and Coach White, very, respectful of of that tradition and he's reached out to some former Huskers he's reached out to coach McBride and your thoughts on on just how the the treatment of that that honor goes Uh, I know it's super important to you as a black shirt yeah it's you know I'm very very it's the greatest fraternity I've ever been a part of I think being a part of the Nebraska football family is, is a great fraternity but being a black shirt that's kind of a an upper echelon fraternity that I'm obviously very proud of and, you know, have them framed and still means a whole hell of a lot to me. Uh, every, every staff that's, that's been turned over. And unfortunately, you know, they've had their way of doing it. You know, Bo had his ways of doing it, not giving them out, taking them away, 
I, I think uh, Riley had his ways of, of handling it, and, and then Coach Frost and and Chin had his ways of handling it. And I listen. It's it's needs to be. It's given to the best the guys who are going to start. Mm-hmm. And it, whether that's eleven, whether that's fourteen, whether that's fifteen, whether that's sixteen guys, whatever it may be, it's the guys who are going to contribute, and the guys who are you know, quote unquote starters. And I, I don't, it's, it's their, it's their deal. The defensive coordinator, that's, that's, he can handle it whatever way he wants to. He's the man in charge and he can go about when, you know, what he wants to do. I'm sure coach rule has some input on it as well, but it's, it's one of those things where it is the greatest moment, you know, to see that thing hang in your locker. You know, you come down for meetings and you could be tired or whatever it is, but you see that thing, it gives you an extra, it just gives you something else kind of, puts a little S on your chest. feels like you're Superman for a little while when you wear it. And you want to, and the greatest thing is you want to, you know what it represents and you know, the guys who wore it before you, you don't want to let them down because of the effort and the achievements that they've had before. You know, I being a Nebraska kid, just thinking back to Trev Alberts and obviously Jason Peter, Grant Wistrom, Jay Foreman, you know, Jared Thomas, Kyle Vandenbosch, you know, all those great guys that played, you know, in the, in the front seven or on the D line and, and want, just knowing that they're watching on Saturdays, and I don't want to let them down. So you better wear that thing proudly and do the necessary things during practice to make sure that Saturdays go the right way. So love the tradition. It's one of the best in all of college football, and obviously I'm biased, but I'm glad to hear that it's being upkept and, and treated with respect and in the right way because, I mean, do whatever you mean, bringing Charlie's back great, bringing former players back, that is – that's awesome. But the biggest thing is you just got to get the message across to those players that, hey, this, is, this isn't this is about you. This is about every single guy that ever put this on here. And you got to represent them for 12 weekends or 13, hopefully 14 weekends out of the year that you are representing how many guys wore this thing week in and week out during the season and grinded and, uh, you know, put their tail on the line week in and week out. And you better go do the same and, and hold up their your end of the bargain. Jay Moore's with us. Jay, we'll get caught up again as we inch closer to Minnesota. Awesome perspective and love talking ball with you. Thanks for a few minutes. Happy early 40th. Appreciate that. Thanks, guys.